This is a Federal News Network podcast. To support its domestic duties, the Coast Guard has a database of some 700,000 boats. The Marine Information for Safety and Law Enforcement, or Missile System, works okay as far as it goes, but it's got some issues. For what those are and why the Coast Guard needs to fix them, we turn to a director on the Homeland Security and Justice team at the Government Accountability Office, Nathan Anderson. Mr. Anderson, good to have you on. Thanks for having me back, Tom. So what caused you to look at this particular database, and how does the Coast Guard use it in the first place? Well, this database is about 20 years old, and the Coast Guard uses it for virtually everything. The Coast Guard has 11 different statutory missions, and nine of them are reflected in the use of this database. It has about 11,000 unique users. What that means is think Coast Guard personnel. 11,000 members of the Coast Guard touch this system and record more than 300,000 activities each year. And the items in the database are people's yachts and motorboats and sailboats and stuff that might come under some form of purview of the Coast Guard? Absolutely. These can include domestic commercial fishing vessels. They can include foreign flagged ships. They can even include more than 3,400 shoreside facilities, such as petrochemical facilities that are involved in coastwide trade. 700,000 doesn't sound like that many when you, when you describe everything that could be in it. Uh, that is true, but when you think about all of the different things that this missile system ends up uh, resulting in, it really is a lot of different data fields. And so there might be 700,000 rows, but then there are dozens and dozens of columns across this database. And and to try to kind of operationalize that for you, what, what that looks like in the field is Coast Guard personnel going out because there is a boat in distress and trying to use the information in the system to learn more about that boat to learn more about the operator of that boat, to determine whether or not the persons on that vessel uh, have any criminal history. And when that information isn't accurate, and when there are data fields that are incomplete, it can put Coast Guard personnel uh, at a risk, quite frankly. All right. So then what are the main issues with the database? Is it completeness or accuracy or a combination? A combination of of what you just described and also some additional ones. There are system design issues, and that is in trying to create a system over the years that includes all of the different activities that Coast Guard personnel may confront, there are tons and tons of data fields. And just to navigate from page to page, missile users have to fill out each one, even if they're not relevant. And so this can result in some profound inefficiencies. Some users we spoke to said that they can sometimes spend an additional 30 minutes just filling out like an unneeded case record. So if there's 11,000 users inputting 300,000 cases annually and there's 30 minutes of inefficient time, you know, just adding that up over that many touch points, you've got a situation where Coast Guard personnel who would much rather be out there conducting the mission are having to spend a lot of time inefficiently in the office. Sure, and I don't imagine this is a cloud-hosted modern type of application system in front of it either. It's all Coast Guard mainframes or I mean, what about that aspect of Correct, it? And, and, and that's a really an important question. It underscores one of the big challenges that Coast Guard users describe to us, and that is there has to be the, this transference of the paper records to the electronic ones. So when Coast Guard personnel are out doing, for example, marine pollution response, on the way back from that response event, instead of being able to manually uh, or to enter information into, you know, like an iPad, for example, they have to put all that information into paper records come back to the shoreside facility, and then re-input that information manually, basically transferring the paper records into an electronic one. And that can also take an hour or two a day, depending on how many uh, activities the Coast Guard personnel were involved in. 
Uh, so again, from a very basic level, we have an inefficiency issue uh, where Coast Guard's human resources aren't efficiently allocated. Wow. So it sounds like, as you mentioned, they have a 20-year-old system, but it sounds like they're using 35- or 40-year-old procedures. Well, I, I need to give the, the Coast Guard credit here. They, they do have policies and procedures and training in place to try to kind of confront some of these challenges. I think in a, in a situation where this particular data system is competing with other investments like new icebreakers or new national security cutters, the operation of the system uh, and the challenges that bring with it have kind of been kicked down, uh, you know, the can has been kicked down the road, uh, so to speak. And, and the Coast Guard has tried very hard to hold it together with duct tape and bailing wire. And the Coast Guard is also very good at always making do. So they have developed processes and procedures to try to confront as many of these challenges as possible. But we're clearly at a phase now where that's just not enough. And the most recent upgrade to the system illustrates that. The upgrade began in 2008 and tried to deal with a lot of these inefficiencies and a lot of these challenges. It took seven years to complete. And in 2015, at the end of that particular enhancement, a lot of the planned functionalities weren't delivered. And a lot of the problems that were visible back in that 2008 timeframe were still visible today. Yeah, a classic. We're speaking with Nathan Anderson. He's a director in the GAO's Homeland Security and Justice team. And so, therefore, what are your recommendations for the Coast Guard? Well, we have four recommendations for the Coast Guard, and, and, and two of them are very much directed to the data problems themselves. And one is develop a root cause analysis of those data problems. If the Coast Guard is going to continue with the architecture of this system, the Coast Guard needs to know what the root cause of the data problems ultimately is. And secondly, once that root cause is established, develop a corrective action plan for improving the reliability of the data. Now, we have two other recommendations that I think are, are broader in scope, and I do want to point out that the Coast Guard concurred with all four recommendations. But the other two are to develop an updated mission needs statement to reflect system and user needs. And what this means is it really complies with best acquisition practices. Uh, know what it is you need and use that mission need to direct your future investments. So once the mission need is understood for an information system like this, the Coast Guard needs to then conduct an analysis of alternatives, and that is what alternative system, either an upgrade or a new acquisition, best meets those user needs. I think it's important to point out that the Coast Guard agreed with all four recommendations. The Coast Guard, in its response to our report, said that they recently determined that this system does need to be replaced, and about a year from now, the ball will be rolling so that they will have an understanding of the mission needs and will, will be in the process of developing alternatives to this system. Yeah, I smell a human-centered design, cloud-hosted, agile DevSecOps operation coming down the line. <laughs> well, uh, your, your sense of smell uh, may indeed be a good one. I think from GAO's perspective, we just want to make sure the Coast Guard doesn't keep throwing good money after bad. All right. Nathan Anderson is a director in the GAO's Homeland Security and Justice team. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. We'll post this interview along with a link to the report at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. A financial plan isn't just about money. It's about what matters most to you, like protecting your family, supporting your community, and building a legacy for future generations. At Northwestern Mutual, we start with a conversation about the life you want to live now and years from now. Whether you're paying down debt, saving for college, or planning for retirement, we have an eye on your bigger picture. Get access to our financial expertise at harlem.nm.com. The Northwestern Mutual Life Insurance Company, headquartered in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.